Hello, hello, hello. So, we're up to lesson two of my dream interpretation course. As I entered the School of Metaphysics, I wondered whether our teacher greeted with a handshake, a hug, or no contact. Years of school said teachers make no contact. Her pencil skirt and blouse combination said handshake, but her pursuit of higher consciousness said hug. If you overthink any social interaction, you become awkward. My weak embrace was followed by a nice to meet you, I mean see you. The last spiritual movement I participated in resulted from a New Year's resolution to meditate more often. I found a heartfulness meditation group and travelled to Ebbingdon, about 10 miles outside Oxford. I was the youngest in the group by a good 30 years, and the session consisted of a 45-minute unguided meditation in which we focused on transmissions from the heart. This was utterly brutal for someone out of practice. The plus side is the average age of the group forced comfy seating on the group. A previous one-time meditation group found me leaving a session after about 20 minutes because I couldn't stand the pain from kneeling for so long. Anyway, back to the dream interpretation session. So, spoiler My spiritual insecurity might be somewhat misplaced. I mean, we were only in a class of two, me and Pali Palace, but I was essentially the teacher's pet because we focused on practical interpretation. Palace's dream of rainbows and butter statues went down poorly, whereas my offering was a cookie-cutter anxiety dream, which was our teacher, Christine's, bread and butter. But... I'm getting ahead of myself. Pre-session small talk involved an excited palace telling me about her friend from Newcastle. He came to the USA to do some weird spiritual golf thing. So even spiritual evergreens like Paris, palace, judge other people. The lesson begins with questions about our reading assignment. At this point, I feel incredibly bad about laying into palace. She describes an abusive partner who appeared in her dreams for years afterwards, only finding respite after he drinks himself to death. Palace didn't think it right that our reading suggested bad dreams were the result of the dreamer's denial of reality, feeling that it implied that post-traumatic stress disorder sufferers in some sense deserved it. Our teacher, Christine, was anxious to identify the exact quotes from the text. It turns out it's not that you created that situation, but in that situation there's something to understand. So Christine's trying to say essentially that it's not the dreamer's fault, but the dreams are suggesting there's something they need to process and deal with. But what really struck me about this was that Christine's first thought was to defend the doctrine rather than be with the victim. My question belied a life spent with abstract study rather than coping with domestic abuse. I asked, what is the source of authority on statements like death in a dream indicates change? 
But then Christine vanquished my skepticism. Ultimately, we are the ter- we are the determinants of our individual truths. Interpretations latch onto an aspect of absolute truth, which helps you develop your own truth over The school's beliefs also come from broader traditions, citing authors like Plato, Aristotle, and Slavatsky. The discussion moves on to energy levels, and Pallas talks about retrogrades. I just ask, what is a retrograde? And we're back into astrology. My scepticism rises from the dead. So essentially, each individual is born with a configuration of planets and stars that resonates with our own inner configuration. A retrograde occurs when one of these planets starts going backwards. I didn't even bother asking what backwards is relative to. So, after the theory, which I guess I'll read out again in a separate podcast, we launch into the dream interpretation, with Pallas up first. She's ignored the instruction of leaving half the page of the dream for interpretation, and instead she's filled four pages of her notebooks with dream narrative. Grand. We're already over time, and Christine has a two-hour drive back to her home in Oklahoma City. Like some kind of Freudian-inspired game show, Christine rattles off an interpretation tying together Pallas' dream symbols, which include butter figures, chasing her friend through traffic to get to a play, a well-respected woman sitting on a porch swing hanging from a skyscraper, lava rocks, beautiful mountains, a building in the middle of an open plateau, dancing rainbows, clouds parting to reveal a monopoly hat, and probably more that I didn't actually write down. Anyway, Christine finishes this kind of incredible interpretation, pulling together these disparate symbols, and then Pallas violates her authority by having the final say. Pallas offers her own interpretation, which Christine diligently nods through. What a hero. So, in my dream... I'm in a race and losing, and I'm incredibly anxious about losing, and I keep going the wrong way. At one point, I run through a cafe and end up clearing away plates in the middle of the race. Then, at some point, I meet two of my friends who are with a kind of someone I don't know who is homeless, and we're trying to climb up this really steep hill, slipping on the rocks, and he in some way pulls me down, and I end up basically shouting at him, abusing So first, Christine asks about the people I do know in the dreams. What do they represent in two words? And one of them is my good friend, who I said represents commitment to the people around her. So Christine spins together this narrative about how my dream shows my own inner contradiction between wanting to be with the people around me and also pursue this success that is represented by the race. And to be fair, this is, I guess, a conflict that I do see myself going through, as I'm sure a lot of people do, in fairness. And yeah, just I, I guess I'm always struck with Christine's interpretations, how they're just so practical and to the point. But a little bit more about Christine 
It turns out she is the president of the School of Metaphysics. Um, yeah, and she works as a decorative concrete saleswoman. Yeah. Okay, so that is it from lesson two. I will try and read out all of the theory from that in case people are interested. So, yep, to be continued. <laughs>